Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. How was your day? How was everyone's day? I watched a lot of coverage of the House vote for Speaker, and I'm guessing Tim Hogan, our uh, editor of the, the manager. Uh, what did we decide on? What did executive. you do? Executive. Sorry, <laughs> let me make sure. The executive director of sure. Heartland Signal Newsroom. And uh, how much fun was this today? I mean, like, did you see Robin Kelly walking in with a big bag yeah. of uh, Garrett's She says, popcorn? I have my popcorn. It's mm-hmm. great, great mm-hmm. district representation. Um, <laughs> No, yeah, it's a total mess. Uh, the House adjourned. We don't have a speaker after the third ballot. And uh, we just heard that when asked, Donald Trump did not say that he is still supporting Kevin McCarthy as speaker, which is a big deal. As we've gone through each ballot, the number of Republicans voting for other members has only grown. <laughs> the prediction markets online for the first time in months have Steve Scalise mm-hmm. in the lead okay. as the next speaker. So I really don't know what Kevin McCarthy's going to do. I I don't know. It's a mess. Do we know the last time there was swearing during mm. a, uh, a presentation to appeal to members to be the next speaker? He said he said GD, which right. I've been told as a stand-up comic when I'm performing in certain markets, particularly in the South, mm-hmm. not to use that phrase. Mm-hmm. And then was he was yelled at by the uh, the gentlewoman of Colorado, uh, <laughs> BS. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure there has to have been swearing, bef- maybe before we had video and I'm audio. Sure, uh, I'm sure, but it is. It's also just like indicative of what Kevin McCarthy feels like he has to do in order to try to become the speaker, which is just outrage theater, right? right? It's part of the reason why we saw an omnibus bill go through the Senate with 18 Republicans voting for it, and then Kevin McCarthy throwing a fit on the floor of the House and not, and, you know, whipping his members against it. Uh, it's, it's, it was a preview, I think, of what was to come. And there's a lot of stuff in there that was really important that people liked, people wanted. There was money that conservatives would have liked to give more money in local grants to police officers and things like that. But he had them vote against it because, you know, he needed to show outrage. Uh, but I don't think it's working. Yeah, I don't think so either. Okay, so one of the questions that I've had and I've seen uh, the talking heads all day talk about, let's, let's start with... Why would he take a vote if he wasn't sure what the numbers were going to be? Yeah. You're, in your experience, well, right? It's, it's like it's like asking a witness uh, something that you're not sure what the answer is going to be, right? You that is the general the general good rule. Don't take a vote on something unless you know that you have the votes. But it is also a situation where if you feel like there are only a few holdouts, and honestly, we thought it was somewhere maybe five that right. were explicit. Nine tops I'd heard. Yeah. yeah, and then we started hearing out of the GOP caucus meeting this this morning that Kevin McCarthy said something along the lines of, "Look." Some people might vote against me. It might be five. It might be 20. And everyone was like, well, you never said 20 before. So that's a big number. <laughs> Which is what it, almost, Which it, is like what it ended, up, yeah. ended up being. But, um, you know, the point being, sometimes if it's a close vote, you will make your members go to the floor and vote because it's a pressure situation. And mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, they'll do what you want. They fear that you're going to be the next speaker. They want their plum committee assignments. They want whatever they want. And the only way they're going to get it is if you're supportive. So that's one way of doing it. But when the gap is 20 people, that's not good enough, right? You can't march 20 people and then put pressure on them because you're, you're twisting too many arms to get something. 
Was the assumption that the people that would vote the five, but, well, originally they thought five, maybe nine, ten tops. The assumption, I would think, was that those would be protest votes. Okay, they got out yep. of their system. Now let's do it again. You've played your little games. Now let's get to work. And that didn't happen either. Didn't well, happen, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I think on like multiple ballots, at least on the first ballot, Hakeem Jeffries actually had more votes than Kevin McCarthy to become the next Speaker of the House. I just like don't know where they go from here. Like, I don't know who it is that they put up that seems like an acceptable alternative. I don't know that there's really consensus around Steve Scalise. Right. I don't really know that there's consensus around Elise Stefanik. I mean, all of the people who are holdouts right now are holdouts basically because they're ideologues. And many of them have said, we don't trust anybody in leadership. So that would disqualify someone like a Scalise and a Stefanik as well. So I don't know who it is. I mean, it's like Jim Jordan has been drawing votes, but Jim Jordan wants to be the chair of the Judiciary Committee. And that's the role that he wants to play. But it really is indicative of like taking a step back of, of where we are. It's like you elected Democrats in the last Congress to get a bunch of stuff done, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff that was also bipartisan. Right. And like walking into this session, there was a thought that, OK, even though we have a divided House and Senate, there's still a chance that we get good things done because, you know, we pass things like the PACT Act for veterans in the infrastructure law and a whole bunch of other things. But uh, right now, it's like we just elected a bunch of Republicans for chaos, right? Like there's there's no there's no order to what's going on there. They can't even get their own ducks in a row. They don't even know what their agenda agenda is, much less the person that they want leading them. So yeah, you elect Democrats for progress. You elect Republicans for chaos is essentially where we are right now. Well, and that was essentially what Trump said. We're gonna you, you know we're basically to blow the whole thing up. We're gonna drain the swamp. And that was something I heard them say today was that McCarthy is still part of the swamp. And that's why they're yep. continuing some of that language. Uh, and that some of them, and then, you know, again, as you mentioned, with a performative aspect of this, Lauren Boebert out in the hallway dismantling, having the uh, the metal detector dismantled outside the chamber. Yep. Uh, although I did, how much did you enjoy watching uh, Santos uh, wander oh the God. halls of the Capitol? I mean... <laughs> it's not worth it, man. I don't care how much they pay you as a congressman. It is, it is the saddest. It's like, I almost feel, I almost, I don't. Don't, just to clarify for all yeah. the listeners, I do not feel bad for him, but I almost feel bad for him. How would you like it if every single day you come to work, people are just running up to you, putting a camera in your face and being like, how does it feel to be a fraud and a liar and a loser? Are you going to be in a Brazilian prison next month? You lie. I mean, it's just like, it's not worth it. Like, and you, it's a public space. There's nothing you can do. Like, you got to march to your office. I've seen videos of him all day outside Congress, inside the chamber, on the way to his office. It's like, not worth it, man. Resign. The by the cafeteria. Yeah, and it's he like, ended up in a dead end. It's like, dude, for your own well mental health, you should not be doing this to yourself. And then there's like, of course, footage of him on the floor, yep. like sitting all by himself, like yawning, looking at his phone. I'm like, this is sad. Straight up sad human existence. Resign. Resign. You got to leave. I can't watch this. It, well, it hurts me to watch. Are they delaying having a speaker so that he can't be sworn in? I think he voted for <laughs> McCarthy, right? That's right. like, that's said, like, how how desperate Kevin McCarthy is right now is he's like, George Sanders, do not resign. Like, right. I need you, man. Oh I need God. you here. Insane. Uh. It is. And do, so do they have to be in the chamber? Because he was sitting there. It, you, to your point, it would seem as though going and hiding somewhere. No one wants to talk to him. No. No, I mean, I wouldn't want to. You want to talk to George Santos? It's like terrible. Nobody wants to talk to him. And that sweater. I, yeah. I think one of my favorite jokes today was that uh, he will not be available for the rest of the week because he'll be laying in state in the Vatican. <laughs> 
There's so many. There's so many jokes, and I didn't even know about this investigation in Brazil about passing fake. Yeah, checks. and they like what? revived it, and now yeah. it's now it's alive again because like I don't know, you became a congressman, right? Do do your fraud on the down low, man. Like I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I just again, I watching it today. I'm like. I don't know how you watch this and experience this and are just like worth it. And on like a level that's less newsworthy but still relevant is I think some of his staff have resigned. Like sure. between his election, all of the stuff coming out in the swearing and some of his staff resigned. I'm just like if you are like the staff assistant, right, like low-level job – your job is essentially someone walks in the congressional office and you're the person who sees them first and like directs people. That's probably like your first job, right? In in Congress, yeah. I'm like those are the people and staffers that I kind of feel for the most. Like this will forever be your first congressional job, and like I promise you, no one is there not under duress, right? right? They're there because it's like, I have this job. I don't know what else I'm going to do. I'm sure they're looking to jump ship elsewhere. But like, can you imagine staffing this person? Uh, how do you prepare this person for like an interview? To, how do you advise this person on like legislative priorities, trying to get on committees? And that's like the core of what's wrong and why, you know, his district is, is frustrated and needs to pick someone else. Like, this guy can't do the job. No. His staff is jumping ship. No one wants to talk to him. Like, what is he going to do? He can't be a face for your district. He's never going to be the person who's like, you know, fighting for the, what district is he, 17th or something? For the fighting 17th. He's like never going to be that guy. He's never, it's never going to be about the district. He's never going to be a constituent. It's always going to be about him and him being a huge liar. And the fact that he hasn't been forced out and we're still playing this game where like he goes on every outlet and just gets shamed by like Tulsi Gabbard on Fox News. I of saw all you people. share that. I would not have seen it otherwise. Like, don't tell anybody, but I was, actually was a Tulsi Gabbard staffer way back in the day. Did was, you? Were you uh, really? Yeah, when she was a, uh, I was her communications director when she was the like fun uh, surfing Hawaiian congresswoman in like, 2014, 2015. We'll talk, we'll talk about this later. Uh, but how but did you like that interview? Was, I, mean, I mean, the I interview was, really was, in, was incredible. I mean, you know, it is, it is also like there's some intra-party, like, I need to take my punches out on somebody and show that I'm independent. George Santos feels like an easy target. Let me just, you know, attack him uh, thing going on. And then, you know, we clap for the people that we disagree with all the time. But it is a, it was a pretty amazing interview. I mean, she started the interview and essentially was like, George Santos, you're a liar. Your right. thoughts? Right. Uh, which I appreciate. But it's, again, how I, is that your life, man? Go do something else. I love that he even already knows that, you know, the, the party way of like pivoting well if you see what the democrats do with hunter yeah. biden's laptop and she's like excuse me uh no let's go back to the thing yeah. about you lying well, there's, and i was surprised by that but it, the, the problem is is like there is so much cover there for someone like a george santos right because the other party because the republican party wants to say like well the whataboutism of it right yes. well like well the what about hunter biden's laptop whatever invented conspiracy theory that they have they'll just compare it to that and be like well it's nothing compared to benghazi right, right. like it's and it's it's easy cover which is sad but i just like he has no allies. I don't know how he sticks around. Can we keep talking? Because this is yeah, enjoyable. For We're sure. talking to Tim Hogan, the executive director of the newsroom here, Heartland Signal. Go to, follow that account. Please follow Heartland Signal on Twitter because that's how you catch both. Because I'm not going to watch Fox News. Yeah, so don't do there, it. If there's something exciting, uh, Tim's not going to share We're watching their, it for you. Yes. Uh, they're not, he's not going to amplify the stuff that's BS. <laughs> this is this was fun to watch, this interview with uh, George Santos. Uh, I think it was like last week. Yep. Uh, and all the great coverage of like from state houses to D.C. 
D.C. All the stories that you might not catch, they've got it for you right there on the Heartland Signal uh, on Twitter and also heartlandsignal.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez. Uh, we'll be here till 7. Thank you to Monaco Brewing for your incredible sponsorship from the very beginning, as well as our friends at Kids Above All. Go to kidsaboveall.org and find out how you can help children who are surviving trauma. And also, we want to thank Warren Price, who's going to be in studio with us from European and U.S. Car Service. He'll be here tomorrow. Uh, so tune in for that show as well. Let's take a break here and uh, continue our conversation. 773-763-9278 is the number to call if you want to join the conversation anytime. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. This is one of those days where you just uh, want to just curl up on the couch with a big bowl of uh, popcorn and maybe, uh, you know, a beverage of choice. But uh, most of us were working. <laughs> and some of the work of uh, following that is for Tim Hogan, who's the executive director of our newsroom here at WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. And uh, so the Kevin McCarthy went into this day knowing that he probably didn't have all the votes in the first round. And I uh, presumably they thought second round, holding people to their, their feet to the fire and publicly, you know, putting them under pressure that the second round, surely. But not only did that not happen, but then more votes started popping up for different people. Did because at first it was uh, Jeff for Je- was it Jeffrey's got the most votes. Yeah, from all, all, every Democrat, two hundred twelve votes for uh, the now going to be the minority yeah. leader. Um, but uh, who's the other one that was getting some? Uh, on the Republican side, yeah. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan that's right. uh, got a, a lion's share of the vote. Uh, not lion's share, a uh, you know decent number of votes. And Jim Jordan wants Kevin McCarthy to be the speaker because Kevin McCarthy will give Jim Jordan what he wants, which right. is the gavel for the Judiciary Committee. And Jim Jordan gave a speech to tell people to he support. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, this is still not doing it. Yeah, this it, it is. It's it, it's it's history making. Uh, in the sense that it has not happened in a hundred years where the person that's being nominated or putting their hat in the ring to be the next speaker uh, did not. And I think that this is the first time since 1923 just yeah. didn't go on the first vote. hundred years. hundred years. Yeah. And to this extent of conflict, it hasn't happened like this since the Civil War. Yeah. Uh, so it's remarkable, which, again, I've said this for years. I, I remember I had a friend of mine who worked for uh, for Mark Kirk. He, and, you know, he's a, he was a moderate Republican. And I told him that we were in an ideological civil war back in 2017. And he tutted me. Oh, come on. Now you're overreacting. Mm-hmm. But everything that has unfolded has the markings of that. But I don't know what they want to. I don't know what their end game is. What is their end game with their infighting right now right. amongst the I mean, the Tea Partiers have become the freedom caucus or whatever. I really don't know where all these factions are anymore. The ones that want to stand with Proud Boys, the ones that you know, they presumably all support Trump. All of them, for the most part, voted against validating the election, right, back in in 2020. What's what's their plan here? I mean... I don't think they have one, and I also don't think there's a person who steps up who is not just insanely toxic that could get the votes, right? Like, who, again, going back to, like, who is it? If it's not someone in leadership, I mean, like, Matt Gates doesn't the votes. We may think that they're the, they are the reason that, that that wing is holding up the vote, but that person couldn't 
succeed. Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene, the most extreme elements of the Republican Party, they couldn't get the votes. And that's it. It's, you're, you're right. It's a civil war within the party. And what are the, what are the ideas that these people are even fighting for? Right? right. It's like it's like election denialism. It is. It's what dismantling no a metal detector performatively mm-hmm. outside of the house. Hunter Biden's laptop. Right. Hunter Biden's laptop. It's not. It's not a real party anymore. And um, I think the, the like the coalition. Uh, Frankenstein uh, coalition that has held the Republican Party together is kind of just falling apart in the fact that it's also like really indicative to me that Trump is no longer saying that he'll stick by his endorsement of of Kevin McCarthy. Um, And he's saying he said in a brief interview to NBC, we'll see what happens. We'll see how it all works out. This is what Trump does. Like anytime he gets a sense that someone's uh, losing, he throws them under the bus and discards them. And we're beginning to see that with Kevin McCarthy. I guess the question with Kevin McCarthy is like, what bounds does he know for humiliation? Right? Like, right. this is a humiliating experience for him. You know, when we, uh, he previously made a run for speaker, was going to make a run for speaker, uh, when it was, ended up being uh, Paul Ryan, because Kevin McCarthy couldn't figure out how to message. I mean, if you remember back in, uh, maybe like, is it 2015 going to 2016, the messaging Kevin McCarthy had on Hillary, on Hillary Clinton and the Benghazi special committee. Remember that clip on TV where he's like, look what we did. We had this Benghazi committee. Look at Hillary Clinton's poll numbers now. It just seems like quaint almost. Right. That was something that sank his speakership given, you know, where we ended up with Trump and all of the insanity. But uh, it might be his like second failed attempt for speaker. Like he's wanted this for a decade plus and can't get there. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> I mean, I've always wanted, and I and it and it does happen where you hold video up of someone doing ridiculous things and going, well, "What about when you did this, right?" Or how about this and how about this? It doesn't. None of it sticks on Republicans, yeah, right. None of it. Oh, by the way, which reminds me, what do you think? The two, I saw two Republicans. I think it was Gates and uh, somebody else going up to AOC. Did you yeah. see those two clips yeah. of, of? Yeah, and then Marjorie Taylor Greene like tweeted it. She's like, "They never talk to AOC. What are they talking about?" And yeah. then some, you know, the guy who organized the January six rallies was like, I, "Unless Marjorie Taylor Greene deletes this tweet, I will be releasing information." It's just like you guys are all <laughs> just what is wrong with all of you? But it's also fun because they're just eating themselves live. Like we feel unified watching. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Gates and Boebert yes. and everybody being like, absolutely not. Like, these people should not be anywhere near power. But they also cannibalize themselves. Yeah. And that is entertaining to watch. It really, it's, it's entertaining. I mean, look, if it wasn't, the you know, the, for the fact that nothing really meaningful is going to get done in the House for the next two years, right? I mean, that's, the, the big problem is that as much fun as this is, yeah. the heartbreaking part is that we were, we had momentum. We knew that we were, there was going to be a hiccup when it came to the midterm elections. Uh, this I mean, this seems more of a, a much bigger wrench than we were anticipating, unless we can peel off some of these Republicans for deals to be made going forward, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the path forward here is there's ultimately going to be some Republican speaker, but I just like, it's yeah. such a big question mark right now. It is, it is totally unclear who it's going to be. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no, it, it, in the worst case scenario, it is... A, one of the nuttier ones, right? Yeah. 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 Worst case scenario, I think it could be. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how the moderate Republicans, I'm not sure which ones those are, rally around someone like Marjorie Trader Green. I don't yeah. know how that happens. I don't think it can. I just, you know, I don't, and I don't know how long this will go, how many ballots will go to. Uh, you know, there is a world in which this will not happen. I don't think Democrats will do this. But there is a world in which... Um, Democrats vote present 
or or don't vote. Uh-huh. And in that case, that lowers the threshold for how many for votes Kevin someone McCarthy needs to become speaker. Now, I think a lot of people would be upset that there was some sort of deal made where people would vote present or not vote um, and lower that threshold to make Kevin McCarthy speaker. But I would think if I'm Hakeem Jeffries, uh, I would be much more interested in a forced choice of Kevin McCarthy versus some unknown. I don't know. We'll see. Well, and that was the thing they were trying to speculate. Obviously, you know, having to watch this for hours, the talking heads start speculating all kinds of things. Is it? Is there any scenario in which Republicans start voting present? Uh, or not voting? May, I, maybe, but I don't know that that helps, right? I guess. I it, guess it if helps you could, a Democrat. It helps a Democrat. It also could be the case that some of the people who voted no could switch their votes to present, uh, in which case that would lower the threshold. But I mean, again, you've got you got nineteen, twenty Republicans. Um, having to convince that number of them to do it is tough. What are some of the ways in which, because obviously McCarthy was urged to change the removal of the speaker, right? To Was yep. it five people from the majority party could yep. move to have a speaker? It used removed. to be about half the caucus. <laughs> which is five. Incredible okay. threshold, which is like, it's also a meaning, fairly meaningless concession, right? It's not like, it's not like that means that then like one person can object to, to the speaker and then the speaker is no longer the speaker. It just triggers the process, right? So you still would have to have a vote on who the speaker is. But can you imagine, like, please let that be a concession that one person can be like, all right, you're not speaker anymore. If that happens every day, right. we would have a vote on whether or not Kevin McCarthy lives or dies as speaker. And yeah, that'd be incredible. But like, again, just like more chaos. It's like, what are we doing? Like, this would just be Republicans infighting the whole time. It is just like that is the that is the thing for me. At the end of the day, it's just it's it's Republican chaos on display. It really is. And what are some of the things aside from uh, these the rules, right? These are the rules of the House. Uh, I mean, for example, folks uh, in Springfield, they'll vote on some of the rules and some of the things that people might propose is we need to have a term limit on how long someone is a leader of like, the speaker or the president of the Senate, those kinds of things. Uh, all the, the sort of uh, mechanics of how they're going to proceed with business with the, the new year, uh, with the new session, with the new uh, the new people who have been sworn in. Uh what are some of the other things that he can horse trade for? I mean, part of his role as the speaker is to help reelect people, help them get money. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, how how uh, effective is he going to be at raising money after this kind of embarrassment anyway? Yeah, I mean, he. I, I think he'll still be okay at raising money. He's like got, yeah. he's got his vehicle, which is the Congressional Leadership Fund. That's like the Kevin McCarthy aligned super PAC. But it is a good 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 point because at this point, when it's this thin, or he's losing by this much, everyone gets a say, right? This is the problem of having a historically slim majority is like everyone gets to try to twist your arm to get something from you. And you've got even outside groups, you know, like the Club for Growth saying like, all right, we'll support you, Kevin McCarthy, whatever that means, uh, in your speaker vote if you promise that the Congressional Leadership Fund will not use any of its money uh, against incumbents. Like if you wanted to oust, for example, a George Santos right. uh, in a primary you wouldn't allowed, be allowed to do that then. Uh, so everybody now wants their bit, right, in order to uh, say, all right, we'll, we'll help Kevin McCarthy. On the congressional side, it's obviously like, you know, committee uh, assignments, uh, gavels, who's chairing the committees. It's uh, floor rules, like you mentioned, on whether or not you're able to call up a vote on whether or not someone is speaker, Um 
It's a it's a variety of things like that. So it, it's uh, it, it is dazzling uh, to to witness this. Uh, a lot of folks try, but I think that when it comes down to it, you know, Democrats are obviously somewhat enjoying this, but still kind of like I don't see how we thought this was going to was a possibility of the constant infighting, the jockeying for attention, uh, as seen by all the performative crap that they pull. Uh, again. This is uh, it is fun to watch, but I don't get any of it. I, I, I think that people are really trying to figure out. I, just, I, I want some like, look, when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland to be the next Supreme Court justice. Right. We for six months, I was like, there has to be some like I yeah. want some machinist days. They call it where like some superpower something comes in and changes the whole thing. Yeah. So this is one of those things where I'm like, oh, please, wouldn't it be fun? Right. <laughs> if we could really disrupt. Well, there's also the other possibility of them not picking a speaker amongst the elected reps. Yeah. This is always the fantasy, right? The, it's like you'll pick, you'll just pick someone from outside of of the Congress to be speaker. It's like if you put up Donald Trump. If you put up, if you, <laughs> you right? would never do it. If you put up Donald Trump as Speaker of the House, he'd probably, like, without question, he would be the speaker. Can you imagine, though, yeah. him going to the floor and trying to, like, read through the motions you need to read <laughs> in order to, like, activate what the House needs to do for House business? Like, absolutely not. But, yeah, you could you could theoretically nominate someone, uh, anybody. doesn't have to be a member of Congress. Every, I feel like every cycle, anytime there's, uh, you know, Republicans have control of the House, they're like, what if we brought back Newt Gingrich? Um, right. Not going to happen. But, like, it is a, it is a theoretical possibility. It is also, like, I will just say... As Democrats, we can sit back and watch this and be like, this is pathetic, but also I'm getting some, like, what's the German word, schadenfreude out of it, although it's not really the pain of our friends, so it maybe doesn't apply. But uh, it is also a little bad for us in the sense that it's once again an example of a government dysfunction. And I always think the burden on Democrats is significantly higher because we have to prove that government can work, and all Republicans need to do is prove government doesn't work. Yes. It's very easy to make something like the United States federal government, the behemoth that it is, not work by just like messing up the gears, throwing wrenches in. And at a, a certain point, I think this is like, oh, this is really, this is really bad. Uh, it feels really bad. I'm not, I'm not rooting for them to, to figure this out, but it is something that's kind of always in the back of my head is when government doesn't work, sometimes Democrats are like, well, it's the Republicans' fault, but frequently people come back and are like, well... It just doesn't work. See, government, government's you, bad. You, it's bad. bad. And it empowers cynicism. You know? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. apathy. Yeah. We are hanging out with Tim Hogan, executive director of the Heartland Signal newsroom. You can go follow them on Twitter, Heartland Signal. They're always picking up great stories that you might miss, uh, especially when it comes to bad behavior on uh, the conservative side of the aisle. Let's take a break here. I'll update you on your traffic in just a moment. Taking your calls to Jim and Brian on hold, 773-763-9278 is the number to call or text us. We'd love to hear from you more after this on driving at home with me patty vasquez we're here till seven taking your calls now at 773-763-9278 driving at home with patty vasquez now on wcpt 820 we are in studio with the executive director of the heartland signal newsroom right here at wcpt tim hogan joins me uh we're kind of going over the uh the chaos that ensued in the house we're going to talk to uh, congressman quigley on thursday to uh, get his firsthand uh story about what happened he is busy today so he couldn't join us and presumably they're going to take it do we have 
have any word on on the plans, the agenda for the house? The, the next vote. Are they going to reconvene? I haven't, we haven't heard anything yet when they'll reconvene. I assume that they'll uh, do it tomorrow. I guess as we're talking about silver linings here, too, we talked about George Santos. George Santos has not been sworn in yet. Right. Because there's not a Congress. Mm-hmm. All those folks have not yeah. been sworn in. Yeah. And, I mean, they took the second vote presumably thinking, okay, you all played your little – you were yep. cute. Uh, let's do this again. And then they were they were cute again. They got cuter. Yep. Were there more more Republicans that uh, voted against McCarthy, or was it the same group? It uh, grew from 19 to 20. That's what I thought. There was an yeah. extra. And yeah. then on the third round, they were like, okay, let's let's stop the bleeding. Yeah. Let's see if we can uh, put a tourniquet on this and see what kind of work we can do. Same now, number. Right. Same number. Yeah. So now... I mean, he's got to be. He's on the phones. He's meet, going to their offices. What kind? Of, he's begging now. Yeah, I mean, like, I just I don't know what further deals you can cut. I still look. I still believe, and I may eat my words on this. I still believe Kevin McCarthy's going to be speaker. Really? Yeah. Okay, I could see that. I just don't know who else it is. I guess Steve Scalise. I really don't know. Like, it's it's who who else could it possibly be? Okay, so let's say that the so the there were five five that sent out a letter right on congressional letterhead uh, on Sunday, I believe. I think it was on New Year's Day. Was it New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Yeah. yeah. Uh, all with all their demands and and the fact that they weren't they were they were never McCarthy's right? right. And it didn't even have I don't think it even had a Bobert on that list. Yep. It was uh, five dudes. Um. Yeah. It's basically saying they're never going to vote for him. He needs how many is, can he afford to lose? Was it just the nine? Uh, that I I think it was. Seven. Okay. Is there? Is there? Am, am I, I'm, no, maybe it's nine. I think it's nine. You're it's, right. It's five, he can't afford to lose five, Andy. Oh, Andy says it's five. five. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Can't lose. Can't afford to lose five. And yeah. So it's 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 a very small number. Uh, I actually don't know if he's even in the speaker. Like, where's where's his office right now? He did. He already moved. He I, moved I, into the I, speaker's I saw office. Tweeting about how he moved his stuff into uh, her office already. At what point under? <laughs> DC law, are you considered a squatter? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Well, why did they even let him in there? You would think that there would be some... A little presumptuous. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Let's see what Jim has to say, because we were talking about uh, fundraising for these, uh, for well, a speaker in particular, and then for candidates across the board on the Republican side. What do you want to say, Jim? Oh, hi, uh, Tim, and hi, Teddy. Happy New Year to both of you. I just, I, I feel sorry for, I got my violin up for the Republican donors the Republican donors, they've got to be sitting in those hotel rooms around Washington reading these Republicans to riot at, you know, give them, give them a, a display of how much weight they're going to lose if they don't come up with a speaker within 48 hours or whatever the case may be. But if you can feel sorry for billionaire donors, I, I can hardly build up any sympathy for them. But they must be gnashing their teeth tonight, you know. Uh, Watching their money go down the drain, I, I'm absolutely delighted. It's turning out to be a pretty good year so far. And you guys, and you, you guys have a great radio show. Thanks, Tim, and thanks, Patty. Thanks, thanks Jim. Thank appreciate Jim. it. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, but there's the pockets are deep when it comes to the the, the Republican Party. Uh, this has been they've been working on the kind of tax stru- structure that favors the wealthiest, uh, regardless of the fact that the people who vote t- tend to vote right uh, are voting against their own interests. I mean, I don't know. 
know how many Republicans who support Trump are watching any of this. I mean, I don't think that there's any embarrassment by this. Well, let's go back. Like, right to when, when Nancy Pelosi was uh, running for speaker and there was some protest votes, like AOC was saying that she had some things that she wanted, uh, some criteria she wanted met before she was going to agree, right? Then there was that back and forth. It was a little yeah. bit public. And, of course, you know, Fox News wanted to say that Democrats were in chaos. There's always, like, you know, Democrats can't, you know, they're, like, hurting cats and all these things. And, yeah. and, and yet Republicans are going to watch this and be like, no, this is great. This is what we wanted. This is exactly why we voted for these folks. I love hearing things like, you know, these 20 people are holding back the wishes of the other 200, whatever it is. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily reflect... It, I, it just my brain freezes up when I hear someone like Lauren Boebert say we are, you know, we're here for America and they don't mean that. They mean yeah. Americans that are, you know, are racist, are against LGBTQ plus rights, that uh, want to control what teachers teach in school. I mean, all the things that they're not for Americans and even trying to wrap that cloth around them is it's transparently a lie. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, you know, it is a question of who those 20 people represent. It's not like they're holdouts for America. They, they are, they are the, they would call themselves, you know, what did Mitt Romney call himself severely conservative in 2012? <laughs> That'd be like the nice way of how they would describe themselves, but they're extremists. Yes. Like that is, that is it. And it's, it's, it's like you have, the scary thing is you have an extremist wing of an extremist party. Right. Now in control and calling the shots. And so Kevin McCarthy, if he has a hope of pulling this off, is just going to get dragged further and further to the right. Well, and that's, I mean, that was always the danger, right? All along, you know, folks are, I have friends who are Republicans. We're actually going to talk to a friend of mine at, at six o'clock, Scott Santis, who's the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. Uh, he has considered himself to be a Republican for a long time. And he disagrees that the Republican Party has been blowing these dog whistles. They, they Many of them have chosen to be willfully ignorant for the last 40 or 50 years as to what the Republican Party has been up to. And now, but this is, they, this is, this is the sowing part. They're reaping. They're reaping in the sewing. They're mm-hmm. getting all of it. Today was a manifestation of all that and they still don't see it. Yeah. Right. No, it's it's uh it is they've set themselves up for it. Kevin McCarthy set himself up for it. So uh they're a party of chaos and they're they're getting what they're they're doing exactly what you said, they're reaping what they sow. Yeah, America let's someone texted America didn't vote for a split legislature, GOP mandered chaos. GOP mandered. That's yeah. good. <laughs> GOP GOP mandered. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what I'm trying to see what else we have on the uh, can the can the Dems peel away a few Republican votes and put Liz Cheney in as speaker. This is what I've yeah. heard about that. Do, I, we, do we really? I mean, like to your point about Telsey oh, Gabbard. Yeah. What, what was her name? Telsey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that. Um, you know, people we don't agree with, but we can kind of laugh with. Yeah. I don't want Liz Cheney in charge. I, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is I don't know. I don't know how that could possibly happen. Right. Like I yeah. don't. Are there enough GOP votes? Probably not. Probably not. You know, I don't. I don't think anyone. I don't. Th- I, I don't think there are enough to put her uh, in power. I mean, like, who would it be? It would be like Don Bacon, some other. You know, the Republican congressman from Nebraska who's a moderate. But I don't know. I don't really know who else, right? Because those those dissenters, those twenty dissenters, are not like Liz Cheney friendly people. You right. know, none of them are are ready to no. 
go vote for her. No, but that would make it nice because because I was surprised. I don't know if you saw the statement uh, put out by uh, Jeannie Thomas's lawyer, mm. Mark Pauletta, about how she willingly. I, did, I almost I almost texted it to you over break. <laughs> I did actually. I saw it, and yeah. I was like, oh, I should send this to Patty, and I, I was like, um, <laughs> no, she probably saw it, and it's like the holidays, so I'm going to let it go. It. I didn't have to see it. We uh, we I don't know if I just. <laughs> Like, I really thought about it. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Patty!" And I was like, "No, no." Yeah, I mean, my go. friends are like they like they do uh, like they'll send me their drafts of what they want to tweet at him. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's astounding to me. But but they didn't include any of her testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, it doesn't mean it's not going to be investigated later, or it's not going to come up in some form. But that's to two people who want you know who are loving Liz Cheney and what she did for January 6th. Don't forget that she has her agenda as well. Oh, yeah. It has done a lot of damage to this country in so many ways. Totally. And our freedoms. The yeah. bar is so low. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I am generally like a big tent type Democrat. Like anyone who is agreeing with us on something, like, all right, let's, you know, work with them. And I think Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, we're good examples of like, no, they're not ideologically aligned with us. We're not going to, you know, put them in charge of developing early childhood education policy or, like, what the party's stance is on abortion, right? It was like, we're not going to do that. But at the same time, if they are willing to stand up and do something like defend democracy and be uh, members or a chair or vice chair of the January 6th committee, like, yeah, we should embrace them in those moments, right? It doesn't mean we need to wrap our arms around them for the whole time, right? right? But I do think so, like Democrats, sometimes we just get like really excited. We're like, oh my God, they agree with us on one thing and they're willing <laughs> to call out their party on the dumbest yeah. stuff. So thank you so much, which is fine. I, yeah, we should we should absolutely elevate their voices in those situations. If we could, I mean like, yeah, it's like what does the Liz Cheney agenda for the House look like? Probably not a lot different than the Kevin McCarthy exactly. agenda. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And, and look, it would be humiliating for Kevin McCarthy. So again, it would be kind of fun <laughs> for a little bit. Well, that's my point. Back to when I, I talk about accountability and saying, you know, look what, what you said back here, right? So it, my thing is, if you agree that Republicans in the Capitol were encouraging people to storm and create chaos and commit violence and hurt people, then doesn't it stand to reason that a lot of the stuff you guys have been running on, this didn't just spontaneously happen. You've been building right. up to this energy. You've been a part of it. Right. I mean, like, take a step back and go, you know, have, have some remorse, some right. like some regrets, but no. You've been, I mean, they're a party that has been cultivating institutional rot, right? Like you want, they've wanted us to this is the Republican Party writ large for decades now. It's like they don't want you to trust anybody but yeah. them, I guess. They don't even they don't even really have a figure that they want you to trust. Donald Trump was a manifestation of like what was powerful about Donald Trump in twenty sixteen was his pitch to voters was everything's rigged, your life is terrible, things are bad. I'm a con man, yeah, by the way. I'm a con loud. man. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a con man, and I know how to work the rigged system, so vote for me, and I'll fight for you. <laughs> and that worked. It worked for a lot of people. I mean, not, again, people forget, like, the election was very close, so, like, it didn't, you know, wasn't overwhelming. Well, she won. The but, was, <laughs> and the popular vote, she won. She did, and she won the popular vote. Yeah. But it worked for enough people yeah. to cultivate that conspiracy theory mindset that Republicans have, you know, uh, nurtured for a long period of time. And what you're seeing now is like, okay, Kevin McCarthy, you're part of this culture that has nurtured this institutional rot or distrust. And guess what? You're not a very good figure to to get those 
people then that got elected as a result of you spreading that culture, you can't get it done. You can't close the deal. You can't become the next speaker when these are the members of your caucus. And it's, it's you know, yeah, you ask people not to trust you. Exactly. Like, I, this is like my thing with the Republican Party. Like, you ask people not to trust – like you ask people not to trust Congress. You ask people not to trust the media. You ask people not to trust their doctors. You ask people not to trust anything. And well, then what are we supposed to do? It's just they benefit from a world of, again, of chaos uh, and because, again, our job is much harder as Democrats try to make people trust institutions, try, try to make people believe that things work. And have hope. And have hope. That's uh, the thing. And that things can change and can get better. So well said, Tim Hogan, yeah. our, our executive director of the newsroom here at the WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Let's take a break here. we got a couple callers that want to join this conversation. 773-763-9278 is the number to call or text. We'll also be joined by Scott Santos. I know I have to let Tim out. of the, He's been in the building for a while. He's been here all day. So I'm going to let him get some fresh air because it's still kind of warm out. It's a balmy it 40 outside. Yeah. More in a moment on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez, hanging out with Tim Hogan. This is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Tim Hogan. We are in studio with Tim Hogan uh, just talking about my my in-laws. I've, I've mentioned it before in the air, but my husband gets really nervous when I start uh, delving into that. Let's take a couple calls uh, before we let Tim out of the building. I know he's been here. It's, it's really quite, it's it's a nice walkable weather. Yeah. Let's uh, get to uh, to Steve in the Gold Coast. Hey, Steve, you want to talk about the uh, the events of the day? What's on your mind? Well, for nothing else, it makes for good entertainment. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to do the whole schadenfreude thing, but it couldn't happen to a nicer party. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You know, uh, they're, they're truly amazed after having created this Frankenstein monster that, yes. that, that has a base founded upon one conspiracy built up on a, built on another, built on another. And after a while, guess what happens when, when you build a movement such as that, whether it was National Socialism, the Nazis, whether it was the Bolsheviks and communists in Russia, sooner or later, you start to turn on each other because, you know, you, you start to accuse the other person of not being as authentic, not being really part of your your clan, your movement or whatnot. And and, and this is where, where they've come to as a party, you know, and, and the, the adults in the room, they left a long time ago. And and yes, I, I believe the old adage that the politics ends at the shore. And I think that that's where we give credit to the people like the Kensingers and the and the Liz Cheney's. You know that they, they with all their other faults, it doesn't mean you have to vote for them or you go have a drink with them. But you you do recognize that when push came to shove, they did the right thing in this one instance. It doesn't mean that they get they get credit for a lot of other stuff, but in this one instance, they said country before party. And, and and there's a difference between the Republican Party of today versus the Republican Party of Richard Nixon, many of whom were, were, were working with Democrats at the time Richard Nixon left office. He knew that he was facing opposition from both sides of the aisle. 
and that's why he, he left office. And then Barry Goldwater uh, was seen as too extremist. Uh, it was Republicans that came to him and said, "Okay, you've got, you've got to tone it down. This is this is way too radical. This is the United States, and you can't say these kinds of things. And if you believe them, you really have no place in our party." And 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 but there's nobody who was willing to actually say that to Donald Trump, with the exception of a handful of people who really aren't major players. And and that's the problem, I think. Like I said, they they created this Frankenstein monster, and now they're truly surprised that it's come back to bite them. And, and as you pointed out, you know, it, it, there are a, a great many of them who are people who got uh, who, who were nominated and won in districts that voted for Joe Biden. So you could get these people to possibly vote with us on a number of common sense things: education, health care, infrastructure, a lot of things that Americans across the board support. So even though we don't have the majority, I think that, again, as has been pointed out, you, know, you get four, five, six of these people to flip, you know, on a lot of stuff, because, again, they're, they're, the constituents actually support this kind of thing. Um, you know, we could actually get something passed. I wasn't in it. Uh, I thought that we would just sort of have, have a holding motion in terms of how the military describes it, where you don't lose ground, but you don't gain any ground in these last couple of years of, of the Biden administration. But it's possible that we may actually get something passed. If we can get through to a couple of these people, that's that's definitely the hope. I uh, but we'll see. I think getting through this, it's hard to imagine any of it, isn't it, Tim? Without getting past uh, a vote on even who the speaker is going to be. Thanks so much for calling, Steve. Have a great have a great rest of your night. Let me take one more call. Uh, let's go to let's see, Roosevelt. What's on your mind, Roosevelt? Thank you for taking my call. How are you guys doing? All right, hey, good. Uh, during the news break, didn't they say something that they, Trump has something to do with this? Well, Tim was saying it was it was important or significant that Trump has said he, he doesn't necessarily support McCarthy. Yeah, Trump for- is now not not responding. NBC asked him whether or not they, he still supports Kevin McCarthy as speaker, and he said something along the lines of, "We'll see how it turns out." Yeah, yeah, because he waits till he basically knows for sure that the guy's going to win, then he jumps in. That's right. his, that's his, that's his mo. So I'm thinking he's got something to do with it, in my opinion. I know it sounds like a conspiracy, but here's the thing. This hasn't happened in 100 years. He always said that there's no such thing as bad publicity. So, And he doesn't care what happens to McCarthy one way or the other. And remember, he's very vindictive. And McCarthy went against them That's right. Against him right, right after the insurrection. And he always gets back to those. That's right. That were, yeah, that were, uh, uh, they went against them. So who he ask ask me if I was strong, who I would talk if I would rather have uh, Jim Jordan or McCarthy. Right. Jim Jordan never said anything negative about Trump. But he doesn't want the job. I, I mean, like Trump. he's he has said he doesn't want the job, and he he doesn't have the skill set for the job. He wants yeah. to be on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, but yeah. I, hey, Roosevelt, I've got to run because uh, Tim's only got a couple more minutes left with me. Okay. Can I say can I say one more thing? Sure. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Remember, he thinks of himself as a Don, meaning uh, organized crime. So this could be a warning to McCarthy what could happen to him. And basically, Trump's going to be pulling the strings once he gets in there because he's pushing him to the limit. Look, look off. Look how far it's gone. Three votes. That's never happened. Right. Yeah. So McCarthy, McCarthy doesn't know what's happening either. And wh- where did Jim Jordan come from? Where did his votes come from? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's not forget. Let's not forget who, who's, who volunteered Jim Jordan's name. That was uh, what's his name? The guy that was uh, trafficking yeah. girls from from state to state. What's his name? Uh, yeah, I can't remember who did it either. 
But yeah, yeah. So, I, so, so I, what, what did Jim Jordan vote I, That's my that's my question. Yeah, well, like, there's about twelve, I think, for Jim Jordan and a couple other people. Yeah, I, they're again, they're just they're playing games. I've got to run, Roosevelt. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. So I also want before you go, Tim. I'm excited and a little bit nervous because I have yeah. moderated a mayoral forum before, and mm-hmm. I had eleven. I think I had all. I had twelve altogether. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, but we have done something unique with this particular forum. What's what's the format going to be on January? January 26th for this. So WCPT is going to host a mayoral forum on January 26th at noon. You'll be able to listen to it live here on WCPT. Uh, We are going to split panels. We're still finalizing what that looks like, but it'll be longer form in the sense that because there will be two panels, you'll have a more focused discussion on both of those panels. Uh, But Patty, obviously, will be uh, you, Joan Esposito, and Santita Jackson uh, hosting it. We'll be at uh, Morningstar in downtown Chicago. Very excited about that. Uh, and look, it's an important time for the city. There's a lot going on. We talked a lot about Kevin McCarthy, but Chicago is also having an election coming yeah. up, right? Yeah. And so uh, it is it is a big deal for us that we're hosting this debate. Uh, and we're also asking listeners to call us here at WCPT, much like listeners always call in at 773-763-9278, uh, and tell us, what do you want to hear? In yeah. that debate, what questions do you want asked? So we're going to sit here. We're going to come up with questions. We'll do our little questioning committee. Uh, but we also want to know what listeners think. We'll also have a form set up online uh, very shortly where people can submit questions. But for now, if you want to call in, tell us what questions you would ask of your mayor uh, or mayoral candidates. We will potentially ask them for you. Do we know uh, who has confirmed already for this debate? Uh Everybody, pretty much. There's one. There's one person who's not confirmed. I'm not going to name them yet. No, no, we have him. Oh, really? He's, he's okay. confirmed. Great. He's confirmed. Excellent. For those uh, watching on uh, Facebook Live, you'll know who I, he, who I just alluded he, to. It was a, it was the form of a mustache, and uh, I don't know why I made him seem like it an took evil me a second. Mustache. It took me a second, but uh, I think you mean uh, Chewy. Chewy Garcia. Yes. So he's confirmed. Great. Uh, the mayor has confirmed. Excellent. Uh, we have one person outstanding. I'm not going to name them. Uh, okay. If it's still outstanding next week, I will come. On and name them. Um, shaming them. Yeah, Shame. it will be shaming them. But it will be the full slate. It'll be the full slate. Uh, we have a finalized ballot because, uh, you know, everyone who had challenges against them, those were either dropped or they were, or they were kicked off. Um, so it'll be nine candidates. Excellent. And by the way, I just got a text from uh, Andy, the producer, saying that it was Matt Gates that uh, nominated uh, Jim Jordan for speaker. Do we, one more question about that then. Yeah. It's going to be February, uh, January 26th yep. at noon. There's going to be two panels, so two yep. segments, two, two one-hour segments. Yep. Uh, is there is it is there availability for folks to see this in person or is this a limited? We will be giving out tickets oh. over the air. Hey, hey. So uh, as folks are listening, you can call in. We're going to set up exactly how those are going to be distributed. Uh, but the short answer is listen to WCPT and you'll figure out how you can get a ticket. Nice tease. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, how's your New Year's resolution coming? I know that you told me you were starting to work out more often. Uh, getting... Well, that went to yes. absolute. Not Reset. a good place Reset. during uh, yes. during uh, the the holiday break, but uh, I haven't really done resolutions yet. But uh, yeah. I probably should figure it out. My resolution for the year is to not buy a single piece of new clothing. If I get oh. only thrift store secondhand, yeah. uh, there's a buy nothing group in my neighborhood that's always giving like people exchange things. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. so that, that's my I resolution. That. I have a little habit tracker mm-hmm. that I have like my different habits on. Oh. I just need, maybe I should just revisit that. There you go. Yeah. I, I have one too that I've never yeah. used. I don't know how to use it. It's got like the tracks. <laughs> I need to make. But you need to make it a habit of checking your habit tracker. <laughs> right. 
Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. As always, I'm thrilled to welcome my friend Scott Stantis, political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Daily Morning News. Uh, Scott, let me make sure I've got you. Hey, Scott, how you doing? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Excellent. Starting on Monday, uh, Scott will be joining us on Mondays at 6 o'clock Central. And uh, he he agreed to the the fee that I offered him, so I appreciate that. Uh, Shakuri (laughs) boards every time you're in town at my favorite uh, (laughs) Northwest Side. One of my favorite Northwest Side joints. We'll go to the... I'll take you to Gale Street. I don't think they were open the night you came in with Jeannie. So, Gale Street. They were not. And the... uh, Now I'm trying to remember where we went. We went to Zia's Trattoria on Northwest Highway, right across from where I grew up, which was delightful. So, that's... Uh, we drove through the old hood. And we did. To I... see the uh, <laughs> plaques and the statues of all things Patty. <laughs> to my Northwest Side haunts. Uh, okay, I'm a, Brian, I'll take your call in just a few minutes. I want to catch up with Scott for a minute uh, and find out how much of today's proceedings did you watch, Scott? I didn't wa- watch <gasps> any of them. Why? I don't have cable. I don't but, have cable. But you, but you have Twitter, right? Like, didn't C-SPAN carry some of oh, this? Oh, no, or? no. I, I watched, I, I followed it. Don't okay. get me wrong. But it was just like, this has been, I mm-hmm. mean, I, well, it's historic, as you know. Yes. Uh, you and I are both, you and I are both history dorks. Um, yeah, correct. And uh, so we get to see that. So I guess there's that. But I think, here's the explanation about Kevin McCarthy is that the guy will be anyone's flunky if the if the Republican Party had decided that they were going to go full on Marxist he'd be down with that if they decided they were going to go full on fascist he's down with that he I mean and, and this is yeah. what you're seeing is hubris in its most raw form and it's kind of fun to watch because here's a person who believed in nothing other than power right nothing else and, um, you know, then uh, that's this is what we get. I was kind of I was I alluded to, uh, you know, your relationship with the Republican Party in the last hour with our news editor and director, uh, Tim Hogan, because Tim was talking about how, you know, this, it, it, you know, for the most part, right, Republicans. And, and the first time we can really point to Reagan basically saying, what is a government? You know, do you really trust the government? Right. And casting doubt and aspersion on the institutions of our government uh, and the way in which it functions kind of culminated today. I mean, don't trust your doctors. Don't trust the newspapers. Don't trust what you you know, don't trust what your eyes see, which has been the last few years. Right. <laughs> right. But but that like today, th- that that's the manifestation of everything that they have been. I know that you weren't working towards this, but a lot of Republicans have been working towards this. It didn't just Spontaneously happened today. It didn't it? Wasn't just like starting to grow in the last six years. Different seeds have been sort of planted along the way. You know, whether it was through media or through policy. You know, the party of chaos and the party of no, and you know, without an agenda anymore. Right? I mean, that's well, gone party away. of no. Well, that's the point: is that there is no agenda anymore. It has just become the party of no, and that's you know that was always. I mean, that was uh, um, William F. Buckley's description of conservatism: was the standing atop history and saying stop, um, and let's you know take things slower and more considerate. Um, but this is I, this I again. You know, you may not be surprised by this. I am because I, th- I I knew the Republican Party was fractured. I didn't know it was this fractured. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of amazed by tomorrow. Could the Democrats step up and say, you know, we like uh, this person. And you get you get 10, 15 Republicans to say, yeah, we can live with that. 
Um, I think the Democrats now could be players in this. Um, I don't think McCarthy, I think he's, I, I, I have to believe that tonight he is furious because he's been completely gutted. I mean, there's, you know, his leadership, and I'm making air quotes, always good on the radio. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but his leadership is gone. I mean, you can't, there's no leadership there. I mean, if you can't even get your, your caucus, your, your party to vote for you, then you have no power. So, um, but have you been, I mean, I know, I know you said you've been following Twitter and all the other the yes. social media, right? Okay. Have you been listening to what some of these people are suggesting? Let me throw this out. I'm not sure if your listeners are aware of this. This will surprise them not at all because the Republican Party has lost its mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the people who are being thrown out there right now, uh, some of the more virulent, oh, how can I put this? Stupid mm. MAGA people are saying, well, it could be Donald Trump. Right. Yeah. And it actually could. By the way, just again to inform the listeners, um, the Constitution and the rules say nothing about the Speaker needing to be a member of the House of Representatives. So, you know, it could be Patty Vasquez. I mean, you know, don't 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 yeah, don't don't put my my name in their mouths. <laughs> if nominated, she will not run. If elected, she will not serve. Um, but uh, the, you know what the, was coming up later this this afternoon? I'm not kidding about the Fox folks and all that. I watch it so you don't have to. Um, but what's been on Twitter this late this afternoon is: Are you sitting down, Patty? Hmm. Yes. Newt. Yes. Gingrich. <laughs> I'm not. Kidding. Mm-hmm. They're saying bring him back to just serve as sort of an interim speaker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should bring back Tip O'Neill. I mean, if we're going to go crazy, you know, usually they should bring back is Blaine, uh, who was a terrific speaker of the House, ran for president twice um, uh, in the 1880s. And, you know, why not? He had a nifty beard. Yeah. <laughs> it's by the way, I don't know if you if you've seen any of the pictures of Democrats uh going into the Capitol with uh, po- different forms of popcorn including Robin Kelly carrying a big bin of Garrett's uh and uh and also I believe Represent. Yeah, and te- exactly. And then Ted Lieu, who had uh, was standing with a little, just your own little paper bag of popcorn. Yeah, so a bunch of uh, Dems posting pictures of themselves, uh, including Shikowski, who also I believe is holding a Garrett's popcorn tin. It might she might be sharing it with. Uh, yeah, it's, I think she's sharing it with Robin Kelly. This is hysterical. <laughs> so where does this go? I mean, what does yeah, this mean? First of all, let's assume tomorrow. Okay, so tomorrow's another day. But um, will McCarthy be the speaker? Uh, I cannot imagine him winning now. I mean, I just because what have you just elected? You've clearly, like I've just said earlier, you've clearly just uh, uh, elected someone who can't lead as your leader. I mean, it's in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do we get, uh, I, you know, I do. We, I love that Matt Getz comes out and says Jordan should be, you know, the, the poor man can't even afford a coat. Let's make him speaker. Well, and I wonder um, how much, you, and I didn't ask him this, but I wonder how much of a wrench that threw into things where if it had just been like, you know, you nominate, uh, you know, McCarthy, he doesn't get the votes. You know, they, I think that they had, do you think that they had intended it for just be like a protest vote at first? And then because he nominated somebody, now they feel like, well, I like Jim Jordan for whatever reason, or that seems like a, a good idea. Let's just kind of blow this whole thing up. I, I mean, it's hard to get into the minds of any of these people because it's a very scary, uh, cold, damp place to be. <laughs> 
but I mean, I just I wonder. You're right, right, and and very echoey. It's very dark. There's you know everything just it smells really bad. I, I don't know if it's like rotten food or flesh. Anyway, I've made it too. I've made it too much of an image, haven't I? I made it. I made it. I went into the fourth D. Um, but uh, do you think that the, the nomination that Gates made for Jim Jordan amplified like up the ante for people who were like, oh yeah, I could do that. Because they, they think they always thought they were going to have like nine dissenters. Yeah, I. This has been, um, you know, is Jordan a, a choice? He's a choice, but he's a choice for again. Then you know, you talk about the the, the cold dark place. Um, you're the people who are fighting against this, the Republicans who. Um, you know, uh, uh, many of them, Gates, um, I, I was going to say uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, but she threw in with uh, McCarthy later today, late today. Um, uh, but the other ones, these are true believers. These are bat crap, crazy, MAGA people. These are people who think overturning an election is okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's who we're – this is what we're talking about. We're talking about people who would subvert democracy. To get their agenda through. So whether or not Kevin McCarthy is the speaker, they don't care. Whether or not there's a smooth transition of power, they don't care. In fact, they prefer the opposite. And as far as this Republican Party goes, I mean, again, what does this say about what how they're teeing things up for 24, by the way? I mean, right. I, mean I know I, I mean, I know this is happening today, but everything, you know, there's connective tissue that goes goes forward and this um I, i'm trying to get my head around what they could possibly want i mean apparently matt gets actually asked for some kind of committee not not assignments or chairmanship or leadership in the committee and you know ways and means or whatever and you know no um and but that's what some of them are, are angling for and that's that's fine that's how you get votes right yeah but what we're seeing now, um, you know, going, I don't know what you, what you're looking, what you're looking at going forward. I mean, everything, you know, can coalesce and, and work fine in the next 24 hours. I don't know what happens in the next 24 hours. If, if things continue as they're going, um, they're not going to have a speaker tomorrow. No, I, I don't think so. Th- yeah. I don't think they will. Before before we continue this vein of what, what could happen next or what kind of phone calls are being made, uh, let me just take a call. Brian's been on hold for a bit uh, and wants sure. to join our conversation. I know it might not be on topic anymore, but, but what do you want to talk about, Brian? Oh, good evening. Hi, uh, I apologize. For, Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, well, uh, I would allude to a couple points. First of all, I, I found uh, the show tonight very, very fun and interesting. And I thought the events of today were hysterically funny. And uh, 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 because of the, uh, well, you know, the Republicans before the elections, they were projecting the red tidal wave, you know. Right. And they didn't get that. And now this. <laughs> and I think uh, I can't wait to hear a little bit of what the talk uh, right wing uh, talk radio hosts are going to be saying they're going to be furious and the finger pointing and all yep. that and i want to refer to um if i may uh yesterday uh, uh our friend roosevelt called in and he was referring to the nature of uh, uh right wing talk radio i think he was a hundred percent correct and accurate 
Uh, Tom Hartman says there are 1,500 right-wing uh, talk uh, stations. Yep. And uh, from my experience from listening, and I, believe me, I don't listen a whole lot of time, but enough, where they don't allow any progressive points of view on their callers. Uh, and I wonder how come uh, uh, progressive talk show hosts have to uh, take yeah. the kind of abuse they do. Yeah. And I wanted to say that, uh, you know, just oh, just for example, just last night I caught one uh, on a different station saying that Democrats are destroying America bit by bit. And I think this kind of thing uh, is uh, very dangerous for democracy. And uh, really, uh, these are attempts, I think, at uh, fascist brainwashing. Well, I, you know, uh, Scott and I used to hang out at a different radio station and I would take all the calls because it was not necessarily a station that one was not strictly political. We did a lot of, you know, pop culture and lighthearted stuff, uh, but I did do a lot of politics on the show. So I wanted to make sure that everyone felt uh, comfortable and maybe not always even Scott <laughs> to share their thoughts. Well, mostly. Opinion, mostly. <laughs> uh, but I don't have to do that anymore. And, and not that Scott and I won't debate. I just know that Scott and I come from a good place of wanting what's best for the people in our lives and the people in our country and for hum- humanity in general. So that's why I can, I can have conversations with him. But people who call in and uh, want to just uh, one, this isn't a debate show. If, like I said, it's a common. Can you imagine, Scott, if John Cass, like, you know, was would open the conversation up to anybody else? No, it's John Cass is a, is a columnist who's going right. to put his opinions out there. And you're a cartoonist. Here's your opinion. Your take on something that's satire. Uh, we, we, it's not it's not for debate. This is just what it is. This is my commentary. Take it or leave it. Right. Well, um. Uh, we uh, progressives uh, should not uh, gloat too much, I guess. There's a lot of work to be done, and we still have those evil people on the Supreme Court to contend with. No gloating. We shall not do any gloating. We will laugh. Gloat free zone. <laughs> we, we, we will giggle <laughs> intensively. Thanks, Brian. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks. What were you going to say, Scott? Thanks, Brian. I do think this is giggle worthy. There's no question about it because, I mean, yeah, I mean, Brian brings up a great point. There was, do you remember, there was going to be this great red tide that was going to sweep then 25, 30, maybe even 40 uh, new Republicans into the House of Representatives. Had, you know, f- interestingly, had that happened, McCarthy wouldn't be having this problem today because he wouldn't have had to kowtow to the uh, MAGA wing of the uh, of his of his caucus. Yeah. But now, you know, you've got to make deals. And I, I can't imagine. Can you imagine the kind of deals that are being made tonight? Oh, I, I uh, wish I could. I mean, and I also want to know what kind of language is being like all of it. Like, I don't know if anyone. This is the time when you really wish that and hope that D.C. is not a, uh, a two party consent for recording people. I don't know if it is. But I mean, I would just be in the hallways <laughs> with like whatever that equipment was that caught Prince Charles saying he wanted to be a tampon. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> All the Wait, what? Wait, <laughs> record scratch. What? You oh, you know, watch The Crown or remember what happened uh, when there was somebody was had like the spying equipment up. Like, you know, you could pick up like radio signals and uh, Prince Charles and Camilla were having some pillow talk. And he was saying, you know, he's like, you know, I wish I was there with you. And and he was like, I wish I was your knickers so I could live inside your trousers. And no, she says, he goes, I wish I could live inside your trousers. And she's like, what do you want to do? Be my my knickers? And he was like, no, or worse for me, it'd probably be a tampon. And then they started having this conversation about him being a tampon. So he'd live in her. 
And oh goodness! So the, anyway, that's the kind of recording I want. I want that kind of conversation. <laughs> I want that level of madness captured in the hallways of the Capitol, or someone driving by and just oh, I don't know. I just happened to pick this up. Apparently, they could run with that story because they couldn't prove that he didn't accidentally pick up that conversation. The guy who recorded the prince and uh, uh, Camilla having that. You, oh, you don't know about this. You don't remember this. It was a, it was a sketch on Saturday Night Live. Oh, I try really hard not to pay much attention to the royal family. I really do. I just like. But this is this is a attention worthy, and I'm just saying, I I, I would love like that level of, of absurdity because I mean, what? <laughs> That's what I want tonight. I want a tampon level story coming out of the capital. <laughs> Is that wrong of me? No, that, no, no. I mean, it would probably be other apparatus. Okay, I got. You know what? I've gone down a weird path. Let me take a break. You have, yeah. Let's please, <laughs> please. Uh, we're driving at it home. It's. It, I'm not saying it's in a straight line, folks. Sometimes we take a turn, and you're you're all in the car going. Where is she going? Well, I'm just gonna say, put your seatbelts on. Let's keep going. More after this on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're hanging out with Scott Stantis. <laughs> WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. This is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are on the air with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. Where else can folks find all the great work that you do, Scott? Well, you can go to GoComics.com and see my work at, um, well, GoComics.com. GoComics.com slash Scott Stantis, one word. GoComics.com slash Prickly City to see my comic strip. You can go to Chicago Tribune. Dot com slash opinion, see my gallery of work there, or you can even go to uh, Dallas News, which is the site for the Dallas Morning News dot com slash opinion and see gallery of work I do for them. And you also uh, you've connected me with some, with some folks at a company that uh, does like mini podcasts. Tell folks where they can find those as well. Yes, it is called Center Clip, and it's really smart, sharp guys who are. Um, uh, running this startup and it's like many podcasts they are 30 seconds to five minutes long and you know like today you t- patty can just go on and just giggle for 30 <laughs> seconds about <laughs> what the republicans See? did i should have done that just <laughs> <laughs> just that for 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> it's very enjoyable it's very fun to, to laugh at them. So folks can listen to uh, a rant that you have or your take on right. the news of the day. Fantastic. I love that. And the way it works, too, is I can respond to other commenters on the site. Um, uh, Ted Rawl, who's a very good friend of mine. Yeah. So uh, hopefully uh, we're going to bring you on if that's possible. And then that'll be fun. I have a meeting tomorrow. We have a Zoom meeting. So I will let you know how that goes. Very it's exciting. going to make you crazy because these guys are so smart and they are literally like 15 years old. Yeah, that's fine. But, but everybody I'm, is. I'm used to it. I don't know. It's, I, I live with a 19-year-old who's brilliant. So he's, oh, right. Yes, right. Yeah. 
Uh, so I, uh, before we go, we're going to do traffic in just a moment. Uh, what do you want to talk about in the next half hour? We can continue laughing about the Republicans. Oh, you were asking, we'll, we'll talk about this when we come back, speculating on what kind of deals that can be made. Uh, and folks who want to join the conversation, feel free. Dave, I'll take a call after the break. Our number is 773-763-9278. That's oh, <laughs> didn't I? I thought I did. Oh, sorry. Seven seven three seven six three. Night. We're zooming, and uh, you could say you could say that in the air I, so that we can see each other. I left my mic open on the Zoom call, but my apologies for that. Yes. So she was reverberating. She sounded like the voice of. God. <laughs> Sorry about that. So there, I'm muted. I, I was like, mute? I thought I did. Because uh, I was going to tell you that I forgot to bring my uh, my stand, so I'm just holding my phone while I talk to you. Oh, like just lean it against a book or Yeah, something. no, it's a, better, it's a better view that way. So we're hanging out with Scott uh-huh. Stantis. Uh, follow him at, at, uh, at on Facebook. You can find out all of his work there as well. And uh, you have a Twitter account as well. Yes, Scott Stantis. Scott Stantis. At Scott Stantis. That's very clever. I came up with it. it was, uh, <laughs> well done. Focus groups, you know. <laughs> More with Scott and your calls when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. We're here till, f- what time are we here till? Seven. Seven. I was about to say five. That would be Pacific time. Poor Andy. Someone bring him a sandwich. <laughs> I feel bad. More in a moment. Tune into the Tom Hartman radio program, your home for news, opinion, and insight, right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? And now there's a somewhat of a coup within the Republican Party itself. <laughs> what is happening? Scott Santos joins us, <laughs> political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune and the Dallas Morning News. Uh, yeah, I mean the the hardliners. The uh, what was originally there were okay. Do you know? I mean, like, do you know the events that transpired over just the last couple of days? This letter from five uh, never McCarthy's. They sent a, a on congressional letterhead uh, the reasons why they weren't going to support him, sign their names, and then we knew that there were going to be a few more because. Because uh, Bobert wasn't on that. Gates, I think, was. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, chaos has just completely ensued, and it's fantastic. yeah. I was just during the break, just catching up on things, and oh my god, what a what a mess! And McCarthy, I mean, it has shown. I mean, can I read? I mean, I'm yeah, trying to. Dave, I'm gonna take your call in just a moment. Uh, let me get catch uh, Scott wants to catch us up. on yeah, this one. is for this is from Fox News. It says um, House Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry of Pennsylvania was already in, indicating he would likely oppose McCarthy. Left little doubt he would vote for someone else. It, quote: In his 14 years in Republican leadership, McCarthy has repeatedly failed to demonstrate any desire to meaningfully change the status quo in Washington. I'm not sure. Did you see the picture of the leadership after the election? They had McCarthy was there. They had um, majority and minority leaders from both the House and the Senate meet with the president. And McCarthy was sitting there with this stone look on his face, like, "I'm not going to engage." I mean, do, do, you, do yep. you remember when your, your your kid was mad at you Yeah, and would not make eye contact with you and just pouted? Mm-hmm. That's the exact same face. It was preposterous. And now uh, you've got Lauren Bobbitt saying, I don't know sure if you heard, now there are uh, 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 you know, obscenities being thrown around. She said, this is bull. Yep. Beep. Well, he said GD in his speech. I thought you weren't supposed to say that, especially in the red parts of the country. Like I've been told as a comic, you just don't say GD. Like I can say anything Which else. Which I never understood because you know I'm I'm a practicing Catholic and I 
I use that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. Uh, it, it, I'm flabbergasted. I'm absolutely the, the events of the day. Uh, but it, it, it's also confusing. Are any of us surprised? Here's the thing. You know, Patty, you've, I mean, I'm, I'm a recovering Republican. Every time something like this happens, I'm still surprised. Yeah. And I'm not, you're and you're not. Well, Which I, I and really one, ticks me off because <laughs> you're, well, you're usually right about this stuff. I, I mean, I thought at the last minute, I mean, I, I thought for sure he would not have brought this to a vote without being absolutely convinced he had enough votes. Right. Or thinking that they would be a protest vote the first round and then everyone would be like, "Okay, you're cute. Now let's get let's get to work. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's I I thought that was how it was going to play out today. I did not. I knew it was possible, I guess, in the back of my mind. But I I mean, this is a level of crazy that it's been 100 years since this has happened. Now, what happened? Do you know what happened? Because you are a political science major. Um, <laughs> I was not. What, I was what happened? History, I was a history major, but. Oh, I thought you were political science. No, history. Well, okay, I am. That's all right. Wrong again. That's See, all right. Wrong again. Well, the, the history plays too. What happened yes. 100 years ago? I, that's what I'm trying to fi- I'm trying to find out. Uh, I know that it went. The Here's the thing. This is the first time in 100 years that someone who threw their hat in the ring as the candidate for the speaker, that they haven't won it right out in the first vote. Right. So in 19, let me right. pull, yeah. So in 1923 was the last time it's happened. And I believe uh, in 1923, the Speaker of the House, it took nine rounds in, nine, in 1856, by the way. So just for folks who want to have a little bit of uh, uh, context. Uh, so you need you need 218 votes right now in the full House. And of course, McCarthy only got 203. I'm trying to find the story about 1923. The last he got fewer than the um, he got fewer votes than the Democrat candidate for. Don't forget, the Democrats have a candidate yeah, running for right. speaker. Am I mistaken that, that, that the Democrat actually got more votes? Oh, yeah. Is. 212. It's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Illinois from Andy in our producer's booth. Uh, Illinois rep Mary Miller was one of the 20 anti-McCarthy members. <laughs> That's fantastic. This is the one that said Hitler had one thing right. You remember this from uh, January 6th? Yeah, that's you know that's the, I'm, so, hey. I'm burying my yeah. Well, these know? this is it's a reaping and sowing day. You reap what you sow. It is right. This is hubris. This is the definition mm-hmm. right here. So, so Frederick Gillett of Massachusetts was reelected Speaker of the House uh, of Representatives on December fifth when the Republican insurgents voted for him for the first time after a deadlock two days previously on December fourteenth, nineteen twenty three. I believe that one was uh, progressive Republicans didn't want to vote for a conservative Republican. Oh yeah, I, this is the thing about when people are like, you know, well, Democrats used to own slaves. Well, conservative Democrats did. I mean, this is there's always it's about conservatism and liberalism and progressivism. You know, that's or ultra conservatism or fascism um, or you know white Christian nationalism. It's a lot of isms. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a class struggle. This is, I mean, yeah. we're right back, right back to Marx here. Well, here, let me, uh, Dave from Hoffman Estates has been on hold. Thank you for oh, holding yeah. on. Dave, what's on your mind for this, the second time this show? What, you thought of something else? We, 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 you yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of. And then listening to you guys brought up some more. Um, hey, Patty, hey, Scott. And, um, hey, Scott, on an idea yes, for a cartoon, you could uh, I'll, uh, have I'll McCarthy listen. either as a Gumby or a Stretch Johnson. Oh yeah, Stretch Johnson. I had not thought of that's wonderful. 
It was so yeah. funny because I, I heard the tone, and this is something that happens to stand-up comics, too, where someone's like, I got a bit you could do, or I have a joke you could tell. So I saw Scott take a breath uh, when you said, uh, I've got a... Because I've, I've seen people do this before. And then he laughed. So I want to just give you credit for uh, the laugh that you got from a cartoonist to whom you, sub- you suggested that he draw something. Yes, thank you, Dave. Because <laughs> a lot of times I'll get like, okay, and I know Patty gets it too. Oh, I got one for you. Yes. And it just makes no sense. You're just going, wow, those are certainly words put together, aren't they? <laughs> right. Anyway, so a writer's block or something, you know, or a drawer's block, you know, just an idea. Stop uh, while you're ahead. <laughs> yes. When you mentioned about, early on, about uh, Newt Gingrich, you what are they going to do? They're going to dust off that contract on, I mean, contract for America again? Yeah, that's what I, exactly what came to mind. Because they see him as someone who was effective in maintaining the divisiveness in the House. I mean, there, there used to be an ability for opposite sides of the of the, the aisle to talk to each other. I mean, we're, you know, obviously the most popular stories about Reagan and Tip O'Neill, you know, cracking open a bottle of booze and hammering things out. And Newt Gingrich prided himself on hating the Clintons and being the party of no to anything that they wanted to do. I seem, I seem to recall back then, though, Gingrich and then his, uh, the, the man that successor, the Livingstone, who had to, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the oh, right. on the contract, he had to bail out because he, you know, they all kind of went up against the uh, the bull and they got the horn that time, all of them. And then Henry Hyde with his uh, youthful indiscretion and all that, you know. So, but, um, <laughs> youthful indiscretion. Yeah, if you remember, he was, what, 47 or 48? <laughs> yeah, that was his youthful indiscretion. Methuselah, uh, you know, or Methuselah yeah. or something like that, then, yeah, I guess that is youthful. But, uh, um, yeah, be, and then before Trump announced that, that failed, uh, that falling uh, digital card of his. I had mentioned, I think, to Patty back then that I thought Trump was going to throw his hat into the ring, you know, for a speaker's job because to him figuring that'd be another angle at getting to be the president. You know, he'd only be two heartbeats away, you know? And, of course, the president, and they'd have to be careful then, too. But, uh, but um, yeah. No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. This, I mean, don't. I mean, it's not going to happen because it's no. it's. But it's still, honest to God, people on the right have been bringing this up all yeah. day. Yeah, all day. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I was surprised when he brought up the stupid digital card thing because that's what I thought he wanted to do. Because you know he he obviously wants that job at any way, shape, or form, and that's why I thought, okay, I'll go this angle, and I'm doing it by the book in a sense. But uh, on. Um, and then on the somber thing, I got to thinking, though, if while these these uh, gang of fools are trying to figure out who they're going to put there, if yeah. we were to get attacked by a foreign country, the president could not uh, could not declare war. Did you get a Congress? No. When when have they ever lately? Come on. Well, true. You know, <laughs> Vietnam. All the other ones have been kind of like presidential executive orders and stuff that's been sending us over, but. Uh, it's just a thought, though, you know, that they can't do nothing, really, you know, no function. You know, yeah. you know, Dave, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, I really was as we as this new Congress was about to be seated. I thought, what if there was a crisis? What if there was a Pearl uh, Harbor yeah. type of a type of a thing or a 9-11? What would or Russia launches a, a nuclear be? weapon? I'm just saying. Well, I mean, there, the, there's looming yeah. things right now. 
that could yeah. Happen. Well, what are they going to do? What are they going to do on Friday? You know, with the anniversary, the two-year anniversary. You know, jeez. Oh, oh, gosh, I hadn't even. I, I haven't heard any rumblings on social media about any possible. I mean, but I the, the crazies no. love you know dates that reflect what they want to uh, the havoc and chaos they want to. Yeah, oh has that really been two years? I know. I still. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, there's Patty so you can get any other solids or so let Thanks. me real quick. Well, with, uh, well let me real quick before you real quick. Can I can I real quick before you real quick? I need it real quick before you real quick, otherwise I'll forget. Uh, I want to thank you for your thank you card that you sent to WCPT and all the producers and hosts here. Just wanted to thank you for that. Oh no, thank you guys, you know, for, for doing that and like I mentioned to the the screeners that I get them by name because you guys got the Facebook and now you get a little bit of a you get a little bit of props already, so. But I mean, I appreciate all you guys that let me uh, put in my two cents worth. But that more so these guys behind the scenes too. Absolutely. Uh, nobody gets to see how the the spaghetti is made and that. And, <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. But uh, I was going to just mention: Did you guys see that uh, with Don Jr.'s latest? Oh, list? did you see this, Scott? Have you seen what what Donald Trump Jr. is trying to sell today? Go ahead and tell him, Dave. Just that, this we the we the people Bible and stuff. Bibles for seventy dollars, Scott. They're selling Bibles. <laughs> in, an, in an effort to preserve Christian Judeo nationalist values. I mean, like he actually says that Christianity is under threat in this country. I wonder if he was high on cocaine and he was uh, thinking that idea. You know. See, if, if the vote today was not happen, this would be a bigger story of, of Don Jr. selling Bibles, Scott. Oh, my God. I had not I, I, seen this. I'll have to look it up. Is yeah, it, I wonder is if you're going to hold them upside down like the one that his dad had. Right, oh. right, right. Well, I would be, I'd just be happy if they cracked one open. <laughs> I'm, I'm sending Scott the link right now. Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate it. All right. You guys be well in that. And, uh, talk to you maybe tomorrow. We'll uh, all right. Take care. Thank you, thank Take you. Care. Hey, and tomorrow we're going to have Warren Price. I know that you and uh, Warren had a chance to hang out sometimes. He'll be in studio tomorrow. Uh, oh, fun. Yeah. Let me, I'll send you the link right now uh, of the, because uh, uh, Adam Kinzinger basically mocked him on the way out of office for, uh, and by the way, speaking of Adam Kinzinger, let me, let me um, tease the, not really tease it, but I want to discuss this when we come back, this horrible um, tragedy at the uh, football game last night, uh, hoping that the football player whose heart stopped after a tackle uh, is going to recover. Let's uh, talk about that when we come back. We're hanging out with Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist for the Chicago Tribune. And also you can find him in the Dallas Morning News, as well as, is it GoComics.com? What? Yes. GoComics.com. Yes. Yeah, you got it. I know. Woot! I'm trying to get that all done. Let's, uh, let's catch up with him again when we come back on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez, WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. It just isn't the same without the lion. Join the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance today. Visit sdzwa.org. You're listening to WCPT 820, because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are joined by Scott Stantis, the political cartoonist of Chicago Trivia. Are you seeing the text between me and my husband? I did. <laughs> Steve was like, please take a break. Please take a break. I don't know why you're sharing that story about Prince Charles again. Um, 
But uh, by the way, we got a couple of uh, texts. About, uh, did you see the link to uh, Don Jr. hawking uh, Bibles? Yeah, I just read it. I was reading it during the break. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yes, because because oh, Christianity's the- under attack. Uh, so, uh, by the way, Andy, our producer behind the glass, was like, "It's not under attack. It's under uh, it's under attack by Republicans." And I would say by attack, undermining, basically hawking a, fa- a fake version of Christianity is how they're actually destroying Christianity. That's what I've been wanting to say. That's it. I I think okay. because they have made me just much more defensive when anyone comes at me with like the word of God or because it's, it's I know it's not the word of God. It's their version of what God wants. And, oh, did I actually turn the camera off? I'm sorry about that, Scott. Hold on. Oh, that's okay. For folks who are watching me, they, it must look like the people on Facebook live, like I'm taking the world's longest selfie, um, but I'm on Zoom. I'm on Zoom with Scott. Just, you know, this Scott. And so, see, that's why I'm... It, it, <laughs> I look like the biggest, yeah, nut job. Anyway, uh, but my mic is, yeah, that's good. Um, no, I think, yeah, but going back to the, what, you know, the, the idea of Christianity and what Christ's lessons were. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, we can go off on, on, on talk on this for a long, long, long time. But the basic tenet is to, and he said, there are two new commandments uh, under, thy, under thy God. But the second one was uh, love thy neighbor as thyself. That's it. That's it. Now, uh, now let's go with that and think of that in the very basic t- terms we can think of. Do the Republicans in their current iteration reflect that? No. Not just no, but hell no. Hell no. 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 And no. Also. No. No? Yeah. No. No. It's a, it, it is a, a bastardization of the teachings that you would find in the Bible. And look, you know, with my religious background, which is complicated uh, at best, uh, you know, I, I just I cringe more than cringe. My skin hurts when I see people. And to that point about whether or not they are, are loving their neighbor as thyself. This brings me to the tragic, uh, the really uh, horrible situation yesterday uh, during the Buffalo Bills game. I don't even know who they were playing, but. But uh, one of the Cincinnati Bengals, DeMar, right, 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 right. DeMar Hamlin, uh, who plays for the Buffalo Bills, went in for a tackle. And and the minute I saw this, I I suspected something that happened. Actually, believe it or not, at my park district, uh, one of the kids in Little League was was killed by. So he was running into home plate and took a ball to the chest, a hard thrown baseball to the chest. And it just happened to hit him in a place that stopped his heart and he died. And, uh, and so when this happened last night, I was like, I wonder if he got hit in that spot. Uh, and like in, in some leagues that they've, they've started like putting chest protection on some kids so they don't have that. It's something about the way it hits and continues to like go through the bone structure that stops the heart, like the impact of the hit. And mm-hmm. so that was, they, that's, I believe, how the football player's heart was stopped. But there were people online immediately, these ghouls who were like, oh, dead suddenly. You know, we didn't have football players, you know, collapsing on the field before the COVID vaccine. What? Oh, you didn't know this? So this is the other thing that Kinzinger was on today, uh, attacking these folks. Yes. Oh, yeah. There are people Uh, saying that it was because he got vaccinated. You know, I bet he was vaccinated. Okay, okay. okay, Yes. I'm sorry. Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, when he was president of the United States, suggested banning football because they had had seven deaths in football that year. 
Um, they changed the rules a little bit. They actually decided, well, maybe you know, wearing some equipment might be helpful. Um, well, I'm just, uh, oh my God, I, I, yep. I, you're not, you're not kidding me, are you? I'm not kidding you. No, I was, these are the, uh, let me find those, some of the people that Kinzinger went after. Kinzinger was going after these people, uh, for speculating such horrible nonsense and spreading. Scott, when I, when Declan was in the hospital right here in Chicago, I had an Uber driver. He asked me, you know, I said I was heading to, to Shirley Ryan or Lurie's. I'm not sure where we were at at that point. And, uh, I said that my son spontaneously lost the ability to walk in May because sometimes I just am honest with people and I shouldn't start these conversations ever, Scott. And he said, was he vaccinated? And then started down this thing about how vaccinations are causing all these mysterious things. And I said, oh, and you're saying that it causes corpus callosum disorder issues? And he goes, yeah. I was like, do you know what a corpus callosum is? Or are you just saying yes to anything that possibly feeds this ridiculous theory that you have? Yeah. And what did he say to that? Uh, He was, I said, stop spreading this nonsense is what I said. I didn't care what else he had to say. No, I told you, a, fr- a friend of mine is is married to a fellow who uh, believes that cobra venom was put into our drinking water. It changed our DNA, right. and that's where COVID comes from. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's and we've it. elected some of those people to the House of Representatives. Yeah. 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 This is yeah. insane. Uh, let me see. Oh, Drop God. dead suddenly. Uh, there's a whole there's a hashtag for it and everything like these people are nuts yeah it's out there these are what these folks are the kind of uh, hysteria that they're feeding into even though yeah it's just so stupid remember when smart used to be something you aspired to do you remember a friend of mine did a column uh, uh, Ted Rawl uh, who who is a very dear friend but he wrote a column about how America has more slanderous terms for smart people than any other people or language on the planet. We have somewhere, I believe the number was well over a hundred, you know, egghead, poindexter, I mean, a bunch of slurs like that. Slurs, and think about this for a moment, what those slurs are, slurs for being smart. That's something that you should be ashamed of. Yeah, I know. It's maddening. All right, before we go, Scott's going to be joining me on Mondays. And by the way, Scott, of course, if you have a deadline or something comes up and you're like, I absolutely can't do it, uh, please don't hesitate. I'm, ta- I'm saying it on the air so you know that I mean it. Not that I would, okay. wouldn't mean it in private either. Uh, but Mondays with Scott, we'll figure out a title for it. <laughs> I've got the Mondays with Scott Stanton. <laughs> I've got a case of the Mondays. Uh, Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why. Where can people find like you? I've got to run Mondays. and turn the station over. Where are all the great places? Uh, okay, go, go to uh, Chicago tribune.com slash opinion see a gallery of my work go to dallas news at the dallas morning news see a gallery of my work there go to gocomics.com slash scott stantis or gocomics.com slash prickly city go to the dmz america podcast with my good friend ted rawl and also download the center clip uh, uh app and you can hear the mini podcast by myself and other great people including Patty Vasquez sometime very soon. Yay! She's having a, she's having a Zoom meeting. So, there That's you go. It. I will, and I will see you on Monday. I'll remember to have my Zoom ready to go. Devil's Advocates is a rebroadcast tonight, but Rick Smith is back from vacation. Thank you for the update on that, Andy. Uh, have a great night, everybody. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Scott. Uh, thank you all. Have a great night. Love you guys. Love Bye. You. Bye.